What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. This is episode 36. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And Pat, we are back from our summer vacay. So excited to get back into things. I cannot describe the size of the smile on my face as you ran through that intro. I can hear it. I can feel it. Uh, It feels so good to be back. Obviously, a nice little summer vacation from recording, but we are pumped to uh, to come back. Perfect time to come back. And, oh, we are so excited to start recording again. We were talking right before we hit record how kind of perfect it was, the timing that we took. Not necessarily planned, but we've got college football coming up. We've got football coming up, college basketball on the horizon. Baseball is really getting into the fun swing of things. We always think it's fun. But playoff push is definitely the best time of the year. We can still talk about the trade deadline. Make sure to check out the episode that Pat posted at the end of July about July Players of the Month. That one's always fun for us to do. But today we're just going to really slide back into things, orient ourselves in the baseball season where we are as we're recording on Tuesday, August 17th, which is absolutely mind-blowing that it's almost (laughs) Labor Day. I know. Oh, my God. But I have a topic. Pat has a topic. And we're just going to talk baseball. I think we're pretty good at that. Uh, Talking baseball seems to be what we do. So, uh, I mean, (laughs) why stray away from it in our first episode back, right? (laughs) Right? Yeah. So, before we start, make sure it's been so long, but make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DidYouHearPod. We're going to be back to posting two episodes a week content on social media throw us a rating and review on apple if this is your first time listening thank you so much welcome and pat i will start with my topic it's not particularly fun but i Uh think it's something that we will be able to have a semi long and in-depth conversation about so you're saying we go on vacation and school's back in session now with something not fun coming up exactly <laughs> even though we're two years removed from school now oh don't let say that, that. Don't let say that, that. Sink don't, in. don't say not yet not yet we're a year and a half removed from school please you're right <laughs> all right so this stat blew my mind and I'll, I'll kind of start with this as the background going into this week so as of monday 17 teams entered the week within five and a half games of a playoff spot. 17 teams. So I've really been hearing a lot of discourse, and this was really interesting to me, that some people think generally this season has sucked because it's very clear who the playoff teams are and who the playoff teams aren't. And there is a huge gap between the haves and the have-nots. And I think that's true. I think you could be in the worst stretch of your season And go play the Baltimore Orioles or the Arizona Diamondbacks or the Colorado Rockies, and you can name off four or five more teams and look like the best team on the planet Uh again. And it doesn't always happen like that. But to say that this season sucks just because some of the playoff races are concrete, I don't think you could be any more wrong. I think baseball is so fun right now, and there are so many good races. Oh, well, first off, you've now sent me to plan B because my topic of conversation was that we got some races. Okay, that's not my topic. That's not my topic. I just wanted to preface with that. Okay, I was going to (laughs) say, so we will get into that for me later that I was going to say. I did have a plan B to go to in case you did go with this. Sometimes we do do the same things. Okay, but I just wanted to preface with that because I think it is so cool that there are so many different teams you can turn to and so many teams have gotten hot of late and then some teams are just getting stronger. Anyways. So with that being said, I kind of thought about all 17 teams, 
right now it's actually six team. One team dropped back to six and a half games. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Season's over, I guess. Yep. And I was trying to think of a thread. And unfortunately, that thread is injuries. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about it before, just how prevalent injuries are, especially this year. And it's a combination yes. of the shortened season last year and exactly. all the stints of COVID that players are still dealing with this year. But I'm going to go through quickly the impact players that are hurt on all 16 teams contending for a playoff spot, and then I want to talk about it. So mm-hmm. I'll do this as quickly as, it, as I can. The Rays, obviously Tyler Glass now, their ace, out for the season, torn UCL. Then you've got their bullpen, and we didn't even get to talk about the trade deadline, but the Rays traded away their closer, Diego Castillo, in a reason yes. that I, will, I don't think I'll ever fathom. Pete Fairbanks is on the I.L. Nick Anderson is on the COVID I.L. The Boston Red Sox are arguably the healthiest team, in my opinion, of any playoff. Hopeful. Because Chris Sale just returned, and I have some mm-hmm. thoughts on that later. Good first start. The Yankees. Oh, yeah. The Yankees. Kluber's on the I.L. Chapman's on the I.L. Domingo Herman, Gleyber Torres is scarily probably going down a dangerous slope. Gio Arshella has been out for a while. The Blue Jays. George Springer went on the I.L. today. Could not have been worse timing. Kevin no, Biggio, Nate Pearson, Ross Stripling has an oblique injury. Not huge guys, but when you already struggle with pitching depth and a guy like Ross Stripling goes down, that's when things start to go downhill. Julian Mer- Merriweather, another guy. That's the AL East. That's hmm. just the AL East. The Central, it's really just the White Sox. Carlos Rodon, huge piece for them. I do not think they can go on a World Series run like you and I both think they will if Carlos mm-hmm. Rodon isn't healthy. Yasmani Grandal is coming back. They just got Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert back, which is huge Who had for missed basically huge most of them. the entire season, and they're still dominating it in first place with those two bats out of the lineup for most of the year. It's, it's crazy. It's really insane, too, how quickly they came back, Jimenez yep. and Robert. So impressive. Nick Madrigal, too, for uh, yeah. the White Sox. yeah. He's on the Cubs now. Oh, my God. Cross what am I saying? Yes. city rival. But he was another guy that I thought of, too. They've been without him all season. Now we shift to the AL West. Alex Bregman has been out for a month. Jose Urquidy hasn't played since June 29th. That hurts bullpen depth. A's, I guess you could call this injury slash other reasons, as in Ramon Laureano, 80-game mm-hmm. suspension for PEDs. Huge deal. They picked up Starling Marte, which has made that seem like so much less of a big deal. Still big. Then you got Fires, another arm, Trevor Rosenthal. Mariners are still kicking for a playoff spot. Still kicking. Don't think they'll get there, but they're in the conversation. They're within five and a half games. Justice Sheffield, Shedlong, minor guys. But again, you need bodies out there. The Padres will tell you, you need bodies. And the Mariners are losing them. And then quickly, because I don't want this to go on forever, Braves, Acuna, Ian Anderson, Husker Noah, Travis Darno is finally back. Marcelo Zuna hasn't played in months. The fact that they are leading the NL East is mind-blowing. Mike Soroka didn't make uh, it back from the you. Achilles injury. He's not was even there. there. Exactly. Yeah. It's just that the injuries are just wild. Right? I'll name some big ones. Phillies, Zach, Lef- Zach Eflin. I thought this was going to be his year. It hasn't been. Uh, Mets, not really applicable. I'm just kidding. Jacob DeGrom, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> DeGrom, Lindor, uh, and Baez. And Baez. Those are my three guys. The Brewers are relatively healthy. Daniel Vogel back went down, though. I think he's a good depth piece for mm-hmm. them. Jesse Winker just went down for the Reds. I am rooting for the Reds 
we'll don't know if they can get it bit. over the Padres, though. And then, I mean, the Dodgers, I think I have seven or eight bullets. It's Kershaw, it's Julio Urias, it's Mookie Betts, it's Tony Gonsolin, it's Danny Duffy, it's Dustin May, who's already been out, it's Jimmy Nelson, who's already been out, and then the Padres are really just a shell of themselves. Darvish, Drew Pomerand is having season-ending surgery, Nelson Lamette, Chris Paddock. So, with all that being said, thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) I really just think it's unbelievable, A, that these teams have been able, like you just said with the White Sox, to keep themselves in contention for so long. But my other main takeaway is that it is not over until the last game on the of the regular season ends. All these guys, a lot of these guys are expected to return late mm-hmm. August, early September, and that's when things are going to heat up. Yeah, well, first off, as you can tell, it's our first episode back because I said Nick Madrigal's still on the White Sox. So. <laughs> we have a, an adjustment period. Brain is still getting back into recording. Jeez, I that's mean, with, a great with one. This trade, with this trade deadline, it's going to take me months to realize who I'm with, for real. <laughs> but you're so right. And the injuries, listen, they always play a part in, in every single season. But I think this, so, this season more so, and you nailed it when you said it, I don't know if people still fully quantify the impact that that 60-game season had on these Mm -hmm. players and on their bodies. Baseball is not meant to be played in a 60-game sprint. It's just... (laughs) Baseball players, among all athletes, but especially baseball players, are creatures of habit. Especially pitchers. How many pitchers did you just name going through those injuries? And when you throw off their routines as much as they were thrown off last year... And then throw them back into the full grind, the full marathon of 162 games. How many muscle injuries have we seen this year from position players? How many arm injuries have we seen from pitchers? This is not a coincidence. It is some. It is a, a consequence of that shortened season last year. And it's so unfortunate to see. And again, so, you can't you can't do anything about no, it. There's right? nothing it's that, no, there's It's nobody's fault. It's just it's become even more of a game, of a strategy for managers and pitching coaches and everybody else on that bench, including the pitcher himself, to figure out how this rotation is going to work so that nobody gets overworked. So what we are seeing right now is more than ever how important it is to have depth and how important it is to, it it will act as if that 210 million luxury tax is basically a salary cap, Mm -hmm. how important it is to make sure that you leave money under that luxury tax to maneuver and fill out your bench. You do not want, as the saying goes, you know, quadruple A guys, guys that can never are really good performers in AAA but can't perform in Major League Baseball. You do not want your bench filled out with that. You need legitimate pieces to come off your bench that you can feel comfortable filling in every day in the and uh, for position players. And you need probably. How deep do, do would you say a pitching rotation? Do you want to have nine options that you would <laughs> say that you could? Sh- yeah, it's a it's lot crazy. of options I was that say you would feel, eight, yeah, though. that you would feel comfortable going between AAA mm-hmm. and making starts in baseball. It is so important for these rosters to continue to get longer, and it's hard because you know we talk about you have that two hundred and ten million. You know that the stars are getting paid, and they're going to mm. take up a huge chunk of that. But you know that you need to allocate that. And listen, many many teams will not go anywhere near 210 million anyway. So it, that that number can be very arbitrary. The, the Tampa Bay Rays are not going near 100 billion, uh, 150 million. Um so it, but it just it shows the need for scouting. It shows the need for drafting. 
It shows the need for player development more and more and more, and we're seeing it this year more than ever. That is exactly where I was going to go. We picked up right where we left off. There you go. You, it's never been more important to groom homegrown talent. Yep. And that's why the Rays are successful every year. And that's why the Dodgers are successful every year. And that's why teams like the Phillies struggle unless they throw money at pitchers because they don't groom the talent. The Dodgers can legitimately throw out a guy when they have six or seven pitchers on the IL and he can go out and throw a quality start. Mm -hmm. That's what the guy did on Monday night. I'm not even sure what his first name is. His last name is Jackson. And he threw a quality start. It's unbelievable because their system is just that good. But that's what it's going to come down to. You want to hear an even crazier story? A guy named Tyler Gilbert can throw a Uh, no-hitter. The third no-hitter in Diamondbacks history in the first start of his MLB career. Because... A, it's the Diamondbacks, and actually, I got to pause in this soliloquy because you owe Diamondbacks fans an apology. And uh, you said the best thing that could happen this season was for the winter to come. I did And then say Tyler that. Gilbert went out and threw a no-hitter. It was insane. I, just going on the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, so I know you you will die on the hill if the Diamondbacks have two no-hitters this year with I the will, Madison Bumgarner. I will. I strongly believe it. Think, think about that. How many wins do the Diamondbacks have? Two of them are no-hitters. The Colorado Rockies, I believe, lead Major League Baseball in walk-off wins mm-hmm. and have had such a poor season as well. If you want to go for numbers, that is just fun. The Rockies have 53 wins, and they lead Major League Baseball in walk-offs. The Diamondbacks are at 38 wins, and the two, two of them no are no-hitters. <laughs> it's just, I go figure. And that's why you, we love baseball. You don't see that every day. Yeah. It, nah, it is so, so crazy. All right. So anyways, I wanted to get that Tyler Gilbert part because that's also the reason why you play. That is mm-hmm. the reason why you play, even if you're as bad as the Diamondbacks are. The second point, and I get so excited to ask you this question every single time because it is so personal to you. With that point about depth, if you want to have seven to nine pitchers that you can rely on if you're going to make a deep run into the postseason, yep. what are they going to do with Jacob, Jacob DeGrom? How much money are you going to pay <laughs> Jacob DeGrom? How many players could you get with the money that they're going to pay Jacob DeGrom? And I ask this knowing full well that of course you pay him. Yep. How could you not pay him? But when you think about how many guys you could fill in, how many minor league arms, how many position players, how much depth you can get in his place, that's the conundrum, right? What do you do? What it does is it increases the need for you to be able to pick the right guys on minor league contracts. Mm. Because obviously minor league contracts are are basically the major league minimum when they get called up. And so again, it goes to that scouting. Because to your point, I mean, things just became a heck of a lot more complicated with that DeGrom situation after yes. all of the arm trouble this year, possibly needing surgery looming, uh, you know, an opt-out looming for, for the winter of 22. It's going to be something we follow and probably something we talk about about a million times over the next 13, 14 months <laughs> or the so. Over the slow off-season, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but as I said, I, I think it only... Um, makes it even more important to be able to fill out those minor league arms. And listen, you know that you're not going to be able to to pay everyone. And there are plenty of players that you're just not going to be able to get, you know, that are decent arms for, for the price. So you need to be able to find those guys that can come into those. That's what the Mets are trying right now with, say, a Trevor Williams that they traded for with the Cubs. Yeah. I'm not sure how much Trevor Williams is going to give them. He gave them a decent start in start one, but you just, it, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, so I don't want to go on with it. But it, it is so key 
to fill out your entire organization head to toe. It is so much more than just that initial 26-man roster. Yeah, and the, the other thing is that you're paying a guy that much money to pitch every fifth day. Yeah. And you can, you can pull the Trevor Bauer mantra and want to pitch every third day or every fourth day, but the bottom line is that it's not the same as being a, a shortstop who plays every single inning of every single day. Didn't Whit Merrifield just set a crazy record for game straight? I think he did. I don't know. He did. He's got the, the long longest active streak right now in Major right. League Baseball, and it's still at like 400 and something games. I think I, I, I don't quote me on this. I think it's four hundred and forty-four because that very close. He would have to pay play thirteen more seasons to catch Cal Ripken. And and that's the crazy thing of where we are in today's game right. is that the new record for right now is thirteen years off Less of than Cal what Ripken. He did. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. It's it's wild. Just so a different game. It truly is, and. I'm going to pepper you with that question every single day of the offseason when they pay Jacob deGrom $400 million. <laughs> see how you feel about it. But to put you on the spot, to put you on the spot as we mm-hmm. finish up this part of it, can you tell me one guy off the top of your head that either this team can't win without him or when he comes back, that's going to change every for everything for this team? Is there one guy that you think of? That's that's great. Um I lean towards if I'm I'm thinking right away. One of the names, you know, it's a team that I love, as you said, George Springer, for just mm-hmm. what he's doing with the Blue Jays right now and the run that they've been on and how they've been able to close the gap and really get in a, to wild card contention in the AL. I think he is so key to everything they're doing. But for me, you know, you go to the Padres because that's the they're wounded, as you said, and they're up for grabs. And we're going to talk about it a little bit when I get into mine. I they need you, Darvish. They need him. They need him. They need him. They need someone to lead that rotation. Blake Snell has been, he, you could say he's the biggest disappointment in, in mm-hmm. baseball of all the acquisitions this year. He leads the MLB in walks this year, Blake I Snell. I was so high on him too. I, I thought yeah. it was going to be so great for them going over there, and it's been a disaster. They need you, Darvish. They need some stability in that rotation. They're not comfortable with calling up Mackenzie Gore. He's mm-hmm. had he. I know he hasn't pitched in a couple months with injury. He did not look good when he was pitching in AAA this year, which is very unfortunate for who's been someone that's been a top prospect and someone I was so excited to potentially debut this year. I mean, we know they've been linked to Jake Arrieta. I know we both feel the same way about Jake Arrieta, where if you have to dip that far into it for pitching, you've got serious pitching problems. So I, I kind of lean there. What, what about you? Just, I, I can't go without saying something about Jake Arrieta. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was really nice, can. too. You know how I feel. <laughs> it's just, I think A.J. Perler is the second best executive in baseball. And I do not understand how you could give Jake Arrieta a fourth chance. Is that what it is at this point? The guy has such a good history why can't we just leave it? Why can't I, we just leave yeah. it? Yeah, he, he has the legacy as the for exactly. right. He has such a great legacy. It really ballooned when he went to the Phillies, and then he mm-hmm. was just flat out terrible with the Cubs in that semi feel good story. I think he objectively makes a pitching staff worse. Truly, I get that the Padres need to bodies, say it, but, you're right. but he is not there anymore. He cannot add any good value besides literally being on the mound and throwing pitches. 
I, the only thing I can think of is that he gives them postseason experience. <sighs> I guess. But it just it he's not there anymore. And like I said, it doesn't diminish what he did. Right. It does not diminish his first stint with the Cubs. It it really does not. But I I think it's time that MLB moves past this kind of infatuation <laughs> with Jake Arrieta. Yes. <laughs> Let's move past it. It's done. It's not 2016 anymore. Okay, <laughs> exactly. so, so with that being said, literally, you Darvish was was my one. And there you go. George Springer was my two. Wow, will, we are so back. Yeah, we are so back. I'll pivot, and I think the Yankees are really important. I think mm-hmm. Yankees pitching is really important because imagine – what the Yankees would look like if Corey Kluber came back within the next two or three weeks and was healthy. That would throw a wrench in things. I already think... They're already throwing a wrench in things. I won't spoil it. I think the AL East is the best it has been in the last decade. I think it's absolutely unbelievable. I still don't think the Yankees can catch the Red Sox or the Rays, but they've got a lot of wild cards. They're already starting to put things together. Imagine if Urshela comes back. Imagine if Herman comes back. Glaber Torres was playing better, too, before he got hurt again. I, Since the All-Star break, you're right. Yes. Pat, imagine if Luis Severino throws in a wild card game or in the last few games of the regular season to try and clinch a spot. They've got some They've got some X factors, for sure. They, I hate they've saying They've got some it, intriguing names to look at. Yeah. No, you're, you're completely right. Yeah. But I just thought it was, I mean, every single team has at least one high, high impact player. We didn't even talk about the Astros because they've been fine without Alex Bregman. But yep. Alex Bregman is arguably a top six player in all of baseball. And, and he uh, hasn't played in almost a month. And oh, by the way, Mike Trout has been out yes, since May. Thank as you. Well. Yes. I know the Angels obviously not not really up there in contention, but yeah. when uh, Mickey Mantle's been out for most of the season, that uh, <laughs> also. It's insane. Same, I yep. mean, Clayton Kershaw has been out for a month. Mm hmm. Byron Buxton has been on and off. These guys oh, were on Buxton. historical t- tears, and Thanks. they've been hurt, which is just terrible. It, it's been injuries, as I said, always play a part and are always really tough to swallow, but this year, more than others, has been yeah. really, really rough. I was really hopeful, though, when I was reading all of these team injury reports that it seems like er, uh, end of August, early September, so it could be a time when these guys really take a, take a turn in their rehab stints and start looking uh, towards the majors. A perfect time and close right? out the regular season, go on right? a run, and let's it's going to be really exciting. Love that. Talking about runs. I was going to say, you just segued so perfectly <laughs> into mine, so I apologize for giving it up, because that's where uh, I thought you were going with it. Yeah, my bad. That would have been but, tough. No, no, you're good. But listen, think back a month ago. It's when we last recorded, and we were saying where we were a little disappointed about the playoff races and that things felt, you know, concrete's not the right way to put it, but things felt pretty comfortable for a lot of teams. You bring up the, the baseball standings, and we are in for one heck of a final six or seven weeks. As you said, the American League East has become so unbelievably interesting, I think is the best way to put it, with even the Blue Jays playing such so well of late. No, the AL Central is, is a mess. We don't need to worry. I'm not a mess. It's done. So we don't need to talk about that. You've got Houston performing so, so well, but even on the back of that, the Oakland A's are still two and a half games behind them which I think is remarkable. We know Seattle's in it. The National League East is a mess, but still three teams within three and a half games. The Brewers are going to win the Central, and then the, the NL West is phenomenal. What you look at is that those wildcard races, and especially the American League wildcard is going to be awesome down the stretch. Oakland, Boston, New York, Toronto. If you want to throw Seattle in there, you can. I don't 
I have said it this season. I do not believe in Seattle. I think it's an awesome story that they are right there, but I don't think they make it. The Yankees have become so interesting. I mean, go back a couple months ago. I think Brian Cashman even said they were unwatchable. They are no longer unwatchable with the additions that they've made with Jamison Tyon really living up to what they wanted him to be. The Yankees are in full-on contention right now, which is very, very interesting. Mm. And then I look at that National League wildcard, and we mentioned the Padres, and we mentioned you, Darvish. The Padres are not safe in that wildcard spot. The Cincinnati Reds are coming for them. And I can t- I'll can i give you one quick thing on the Cincinnati Reds before I, I let you into it, because I don't want to go too soliloquy <laughs> on it. It's hard not to. The Cincinnati Reds' schedule down the stretch over these last six weeks is very, very easy. I will read off some series for them. The Cubs, the Marlins, the Marlins, the Tigers, the Cubs, the Pirates, the Pirates, the Nationals, the Pirates. Oh, my God. Watch Is that the out. easiest schedule of any? I have not seen one schedule easier than it, that. It might be. They play the Pirates in three more series before this season ends. Plus a four-game set with the Nationals. The Cincinnati Reds are primed to take advantage of that with the crazy offense that they have. I know Jesse Winker's out right now, but Joey Votto just got 2,000 hits, which is awesome. We know about Castellanos coming back from injury. Jonathan India is going to be your National League Rookie Mm. of the Year. The the Padres, it is no game. For the whole season, we've said the NL West is going to get three teams in uh, in the NL playoffs. I am not so certain of that anymore. Very interesting. Very interesting. I think Trevor Rogers is still in the NL Rookie of the Year race, though. Still in it, I'd say, but I I feel like it has to go to India is having an insane season. Yes. I don't even know where to start. I think truly this weekend was the first time that I thought, wait a minute, the Padres might not actually Mm -hmm. make the playoffs. And Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to literally be playing on one arm and one leg. They That's might pitch how much him. If they're going to play him in right field, he may start a game for them. That is how much he is giving to this team. And it's just the injuries. It's literally just finding bodies and finding guys that can pitch. And that's why Darvish is such a big deal. Man, the Reds are getting hot at the right time. They're getting a lot of bullpen pieces back in the next couple of weeks. I have a bone to pick with you, actually. Uh-oh. Why didn't Joey Votto win NL Player of the Month in July? I know. Was that tough, at least? I It was really tough. Yeah, it was Juan Soto, right? Yeah, I was like, but yeah. you know of my love affair with You Juan do. And, do that, and that is the only reason why. I said, it, when I went through it, I said it could easily go to Soto, mm-hmm. which is what I went with. It could easily go to Freddie Freeman, who was hitting over 400, yeah. and it could obviously easily go to Joey Votto, who hit a home run in basically every game to close out the month of July. Yeah, it was an absolutely insane stretch. It was Kyle Schwarber-esque. It was. It, it absolutely was. Yeah. So I understand the bone. I do. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. You needed somebody unbiased because you I and Tim Daniel's going to come at me now, too, yeah, now that you truly, bring it up again. Truly. Okay, so I, I, if I had to put money on it, I would still say the Padres. I don't know if the... That's fair. I was going to say, I don't know if the Reds have it in them to keep up this pace, but it's not like the Pirates have one pitcher that can shut them <laughs> down. You know, at least if you play Baltimore and you get John Means, you got, you got you have a real matchup. Sure. Who's on the who's on the Pirates? Pirates, excuse me. That's yeah, going to throw out a, a semi-good matchup. Who's on the Nationals at this that's point? That's exactly who's what gonna I was going to say, out? too. 
a semi-good matchup. That's insane. And then in terms of the AL, I'm serious. I don't think it's ever been this good. I, I do not think it has ever been this good. I also think that this season and the results that we'll have in these wildcard games should make people, the decision makers, decide that wildcard game should be three-game series. Because mm. I think it would be an injustice if the Dodgers and the Padres play each other in one game to decide who's going to get into the playoffs. Wouldn't that be crazy? I would much rather them change this to a wild card round of being a three game set rather than expand the playoffs to 15. It, I feel that's being talked Oh, about. I feel the exact same way. Okay, good. Exact I can't I can't have half the league make the no, playoffs. No, I don't I just... want more teams, but I want more than one game cuz in baseball it's just not the same. One game mm-hmm. just isn't the same. You need a three game set. I'm okay with that. I love the urgency of the one game playoff yeah. and I think it's it's led to some pretty cool moments. You're right. I would so I I lean keeping it, but I'm not going to be upset if it goes to three. I will be upset if the playoffs expand to 15. <laughs> yeah, I would be too. I think there are going to be a lot of changes. I hope that isn't one. And I don't think that really did anything for us last year because the Marlins made it in. But anyways, the other thing, so where this really comes into it, and on our walk off this week, we're going to do a trade deadline. We're going to have a Can't trade deadline lens. The reason why the AL is so good now is because so many of these teams were so active, right? Mm -hmm. The Blue Jays had a pitching problem. They went out and got Jose Barrios. The Yankees had a hitting problem, a left-hand hitting problem, and they went out and got Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, two of the best left-handed bats in the league. The Rays had a power problem. They went out and got Nelson Cruz. God, I love that move. I am purposefully not talking about the Red Sox. All <laughs> these teams, they had problems and they addressed them. And their management is so good. And it's because they want to go to the playoffs so bad. And that's what I love to see. And, man, I've said all along, I am also dying on this hell. The Blue Jays would not make the playoffs because they don't have the pitching. Yep. And I think if there were 10 or 15 more games to this season, the Blue Jays would in the would be in the playoffs. It just happened a little bit too late. And these teams just have a little bit too much of a hold. Four or five games at this point with everybody playing this well is going to be a tough thing to surmount. Yeah, it certainly will. So Toronto's sitting there right now four games out of the wild card, yeah. which I definitely don't think is insurmountable. It's not the, But it's not the four games back. It's the teams you have to hop. That's exactly you, what it's, I mean. You got to hop, you know, Oakland, Boston, or the Yankees. Um, you got to hop two of those teams. It's a really tough gask. It, it is. I mean, you look at Toronto and you know about that offense. They've, they're only behind Boston and run scored there between those teams. Their run differential is actually the best by far out mm-hmm. of all those teams. A part of that is because they just mesh. <laughs> um, so I'm not counting the Blue Jays out. But to your point, I don't know. If the Yankees continue to get hot, I mean, you know I've really liked what the Red Sox have done this year. Oakland just wins i mean that's the simplest way i can put it matt chapman's having an awful year he's their best player and it doesn't matter yeah (laughs) um your other love affair matt olson matt olson i've I've got a lot of love affairs out there in major league (laughs) baseball um (laughs) um but yeah i i think toronto's a ton of fun to watch i think they're gonna stay in this thing till the very end um so i wouldn't count them out yeah well that's exactly the thing what other team are you going to bet against Mm mm-hmm I don't, re- I don't want to bet against the Red Sox. I don't want to bet against the A's. I would have told you the Yankees, but I don't feel comfortable with that yeah, anymore. And they are, they look really good. Yeah, it's crazy. Even when they have a guy named Velasquez playing shortstop yep. on Tuesday. It's just absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, should we finish on the NL East? 
You sure you want to go there? Should we I, I, I tried. I really tried to skip over that one. You can't, Pat. You can't. Because I've been waiting a month to talk to you about that. I was going to say, well, just to point this out, um, the the Mets were in first the last time we recorded. Yeah. And according to Fangraphs, had about like a 74% chance of uh-huh. making the postseason the last How's time we looking? recorded. Uh, the Mets are now three and a half games out of first place. And I believe the Fangraphs percentage is down to anywhere from 13 to 16%. So yeah. um, things are, are not great in Queens right now. It hurts a lot. It hurts. I'm hurting you- for you. You could say that. The Red Sox were also going through a tough time, so I really felt like we were going through it together. We were. We were. Even though we weren't recording. Even uh, though we were were virtually feeling it for each other. Um, But at least the Red Sox have some hope. I mean, it feels hopeless in Queens. Uh, we What's going to save the Mets? We could have dedicated the entire weekly walk-off to me just breaking through what has gone on with this Mets team. Uh, Give us the abbreviated version. The abbreviated version is that the best pitcher in the world and their best position player have been out for over a month, and mm-hmm. that has completely evaporated everything on this team. Yeah. The second part of it is just the situational hitting. Well, we'll look at it this way. The uh, It's perfect comparison because they're playing the San Francisco Giants right now. The Giants' basically entire offense has overperformed expectations this year, and it's part of a big part of why they're in first place. The Mets offense which was supposed to be looked at as one of the best in national league if not one of the best in the mlb has all of them other than pete alonzo have drastically underperformed expectations yeah. and, and even even alonzo took a long time to come around he did he did now he he has been much better of late uh but that is what it comes down to is that they relied on a core of michael conforto jeff mcneil you know they're hoping james mccann was going to be able to bring things in there dom smith and every single one of them has underperformed i mean literally below the Mendoza line in some it's, cases. Yeah, yeah That is excellently put in about 15 seconds and something I know you could go on for for about 45 I, I didn't even touch on the pitching rotation yeah. depth, which, again, could spend an entire podcast on. But that is my sum up of why the Mets are where they are. And that's the curse of expectations, mm-hmm. right? You bring Steve Cohen in, you bring the money in, you bring the power in, you bring De- Jacob DeGrom in, and people underperform and it happens right it's just that new york especially the yankees went through the same exact thing eerily similar same exact thing injuries throwing guys out there there comes a time when luis guillorme and jose peraza are out and it's hurting the team that's when you know it's bad it actually is because both of them have played really well exactly and when they're down that is tough i just think there, truly, my, my my last thought about it is there comes a point where the last the next guy up just isn't good anymore. And you're right. The you're, next guy up just isn't gonna cut it. You're you're 100 right. And like I said, there are so many other reasons I could go into, but I won't. So uh, the Mets will wait for this winter when yeah. we pray that Theo Epstein comes in as the savior as president of baseball operations. Oh my God, is that the thought? Uh, it's been thrown out there. Wow. So oh, uh, do huge. I think it's gonna happen? Absolutely not. Theo uh, and Steve. Am I, I going to hope for it? 100%. So you, you have completely lost hope. You think they're completely done? I will not call them completely done because they play in the National League East and I have seen the other teams that they're competing with. <laughs> and I yeah. don't trust the Braves or the Phillies. Yeah. But they need, especially Lindor, back ASAP um, to to try and jumpstart things. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, we, we said at the beginning of the season, right? The NL East was going to be the best division race. Mm-hmm. It is nowhere near the best division race. 
but you could very one of the closest call it the most interesting to <laughs> exactly watch. so we'll, it depends on how you want to just uh call yes. best you know yeah we can describe it in many different ways of yeah of that too <laughs> but i think we should end positively to talk about how good the phillies have been in the last couple of weeks and i know yep. that hurts you but i no, also know true. i also know how much you love zach wheeler Yes. And I think he has turned himself into a legitimate MVP candidate. Not, a, not an NL Cy Young. He has been playing MVP-like. And him wow. and Bryce Harper are the reasons why the Phillies are even close. I still don't think the Phillies do it. I think the Braves are going to win the division. But I think the, the Phillies have put on too. one heck of a show in the last month. I think I'm, I look, as you know, if I will take the fan part out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am happy for, for Phillies fans what they're seeing. You know, you just they, it, right? they've gone through a lot with, with teams and, and spending money and underperformance. So it, it's good for them to be able to see them go on this run. I think the Ian Kennedy addition, he's given up some home runs, but at least he's given them some stability in that bullpen. Uh, Bryce Harper is just, this is this is the Bryce that they wanted. And this is the Bryce they're, they're really getting with. He's going to be in the MVP conversation. Uh, there, there are a bunch of guys in the NL MVP conversation. That's yeah. actually another topic I wrote down that we could have mm-hmm. hit on today, but we'll save it for another day. Uh, Phillies are hot. The The Phillies are hot, and it, it's leading to what should be a, a really, listen, is it great baseball by any of the three teams? Absolutely not. <laughs> but is it going to be really fun to follow down the stretch? Yeah, because things are going to be close. Exactly. It gets it done. And another reason, the exact reason why I said why the AL East has gotten so good is because of trade deadline movement. And that is exactly what happened in the NL East. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the Braves picked up about 85 They redid their the entire outfield. It's unbelievable. They, they redid Antopolis their outfield. Did. The Phillies went pitching with Kyle yeah. Gibson and Ian Kennedy. Yeah. I can appreciate front office members that get the job done. They need it. That's why you hired Dave Dombrowski, right? Go mm-hmm. out, get a guy. Have him give up a few homers at the beginning. Ian yes. Kennedy has already settled in. Gibson looks good. Eflin's coming back. Wheeler's Zach your MVP. Wheeler's your ace. Yeah, they they've got some pieces again. I said they would they would never be able to win if they had to rely on Abdul Herrera, but <laughs> he's playing well. They've got other yeah it, it's slowly but surely. I'm I'm not willing to go there yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a fun as you said it's a dumpster fire but it's a fun race. Yeah, it is. And then you've got the the AL East and the NL West. So good. And I mean, honestly, the AL West, A's, A's Astros could turn really, really good too. Yeah. The, the basically the, uh, both centrals are the only divisions I'm willing to call. Yes, me too. Interesting that it worked out like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even wild card in the, uh, in the NL. Yeah. It's, it's great. Too. So yeah. to, to your point from the beginning to say that this season's an off season or say this season sucks, it's just, it couldn't be farther from the no. truth. We're it could not literally getting into the best six weeks of the season. I'm so Have excited. you not watched a man named Shohei Otani this year? Are you going to yeah. try and tell me this season sucks? Please. Give me not a here. Not here. Give me a break. <laughs> All right. It's time to get in some numbers. <laughs> okay. So I will go first. We're both staying in baseball, obviously, yep, because we course. haven't recorded I mean, where else would we go? <laughs> and I wanted to actually put a spotlight on the Red Sox. Because when, when we were talking about uh, topics for today, it was literally it crossed my mind for you and I to both go on a pedestal and talk about our own teams because we've been through it. We've <laughs> that been could have been it, dangerous. Right? It would have been very dangerous. People <laughs> would have stopped listening and gone on. So we're bringing it back. But I do want to talk about the Red Sox a little bit because they had an absolutely terrible July after the trade deadline. I mean, excuse me, after the all-star break, they really lost it. The wheels fell off. And then, of course, at the trade deadline, they did not address any of the holes they had, mainly starting rotation depth, 
mainly bullpen depth, mainly a first baseman who is better than Bobby Dahlbeck. They picked up Kyle Schwarber to enhance an offense that is already one of the best in baseball. I don't know where he's playing, though, when he comes back. That is also a problem because Hunter Renfro made his third career start in center field on Tuesday, and J.D. Martinez played in right. Alex Cora is certainly uh, testing things out a little. We don't have much time, but he's testing some things out. But while, while it was a dumpster fire for those few weeks, I have a stat to kind of level things out and to really put things in perspective and to show that this Red Sox team is still legit and why I have my confidence back that this team could make a deep run in the postseason. The craziest number I heard this week, 2.39. And that is the ERA of the Red Sox starting pitchers in the team's last nine games as of Monday. Wow. Lowest ERA over any nine-game span this season. And that was when they won 10-plus games way back early in the season. When all these red flags were going up about how bad this pitching was, how the Yankees are getting healthy, how the Blue Jays have a better staff, Hyam Bloom didn't do anything. The Red Sox suck. That's where it was. Mm-hmm. These five starters were going out and pitching to the tune of a 2-3-9 ERA. Wow, I would not have expected that. From, right? Especially, you know, talking about Red Sox pitching throughout the season. I will say, you think of Red Sox pitching, the first name that now comes to mind is Chris Sale. Yes. With with how great that was to see him come back out on the mound and to pitch really well. I mean, to think of the boost, I'm not sure you're going to get full-on Sale this year because it's just it's so hard to come back and, and, and pitch the way that, that he had after so much time off. But even if you don't get full-on Sale, you see how good he is. And, I mean, what do I know as, as a hitter? But... If I was in the box, I think he's got to be one of the more difficult pitchers in the entire sport to hit off of just with that, the, his motion and his where he stature. throws from with that yeah. three quarters. It's got to be so hard to pick up the ball. And we, we talked about it with the Red Sox. I mean, I, I've looked for an infusion of pitching. He's part of that now. Uh, the, as you said, the ERA has been phenomenal over the last, did you say nine games? Yep, nine games. Nine games. That's what they need with with things picking up so much, you know, in the division. We know the Rays are winning. We know the Yankees are now on their heels. The Blue Jays are right around it. They need the pitching to pick it up like this. So yep. that is so key for them. Three final thoughts about this. Yes. The first is that I agree that Chris, it, it probably isn't practical slash logical slash smart for Chris Sale to go back to 100% this late in the season. Mm-hmm. But knowing who he is, at least through reporters and reading and all that, I'm not sure that's possible for him to not go all the way. The second point is that I was also doing a lot of reading, and when pitchers come back from Tommy John, one thing that you really have to look at is command. Mm -hmm. And Chris Sales' command was impeccable over the weekend. That's a really good sign. The third thing, saw this on MLB Network, and it perfectly summed up how I feel about the Red Sox trade deadline and Chris Sale. The Red Sox had made a move for Chris Sale at the trade deadline, traded for Chris Sale. It would have been heralded as one of the best moves of all time. Mm. He came back at the trade deadline. So you could basically think of it as the Red Sox getting Chris Sale. They didn't have to trade from. He's already in the system, obviously. But now they get Chris Sale back for the last month and a half, hopefully more if the Red Sox make it into the postseason. One of the best pitchers in baseball, period. He's that good. And hopefully you get him back, even if he only throws five innings every single start. That's all you need. 
puts so much less pressure on the other guys. Nate Evaldi can step up. Eduardo Rodriguez can step up. And you have an ace at the front of your rotation that scares the hell out of other players. That's all you need. It takes a lot of heat off the bullpen as well. Yes, you know, being able all to give them it. those solid innings. And, yeah. and and what it does is, you know, he does, I, I say, you know, I'm not sure you can get full on sale, but say they are able to get to the postseason, he's got six or seven weeks to build himself up right. for some postseason baseball and really get ready for that. So I guess there is a chance you could see it. And, and of course, going to his personality as well. We know Chris Sale and how much of a gamer he is. I mean, this is the man that once cut up his uh, White Sox jersey because he refused to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite stories of Daddy all time. Long Lex, Daddy yeah. Longnecks. Daddy uh, Longnecks tank tops uh, in his presser, pressers. It's insane. Oh, it's so yeah. great. He's a different no. breed. It's uh, you talk about injuries and how devastating it's been this season. It's nice to have someone as big as Chris Sale come back from it. Love that. And, yes, uh, exactly. And make an impact on this season. Yeah, I hope he does. I, I hope, hope it so comes too. down to him and he can throw the last out of the Red Sox World Series win. <laughs> oh, and I'll leave go. it there. <laughs> now it'll be Jacob Degrom when he comes back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> All right, you can dream. You can. Got to got to win a game first. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to go spotlight a certain player, and my number is going to be five hundred. And that is how many home runs Miguel Cabrera hit will have once he hits one more as he's sitting on 499. And and why I want to go to Cabrera is just how much of an all-time great he is, I think is sometimes understated, uh, especially, I guess, playing a, a, his career basically with the Florida Marlins and with the Detroit Tigers. You know, it's not exactly flagship franchises in Major League Baseball, but the career and the numbers that he's been able to put up are, are just unbelievable. So he's, as I said, he's sitting at 499 right now. He's 49 hits off of 3,000. He's got a 311 career uh, batting average, a 388 career on base percentage, a 145 career OPS plus. And then you go through the accolades: two-time MVP, 11-time All-Star, seven-time Silver Slugger, four-time batting title winner, and a Triple Crown winner. I, I, Miggy is one of the greats. I, I'm not sure he gets the attention that he deserves. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is one off of 500, and I think it is going to be so, so cool once he does reach that milestone. I'm going to be watching all the Tigers innings I can until he you does gotta, it. You got to. Right? You got to see it That's why baseball right? is so awesome, because I'm going to be watching the Tigers to, to try and catch Miguel Cabrera hit 500. That's why you watch the Reds to watch Joey Votto hit his 2,000th hit. Yep. It's just cool. Yeah, don't don't tell us that this baseball season sucked. Look exactly. how much history we've had. The Bob Gibson type year, Shohei Otani, Vladdy, Joey Votto, Miguel Cabrera, probably the best. Even Albert Pujols' mm-hmm. Pujols's resurgence. Which I always great. think about the, t- the career arc, right? Do you mm-hmm. end, do you retire when you're at your peak, or do you play... However many more years Miggy played, five or six years, you decline a bit. But his longevity, I think, is reason alone to put him into the Hall of Fame, and he deserves it more than almost anybody. He's just an incredible player. To, to your point, this is not the Miguel Cabrera from you know the 2008 or 2012 right. or, or wherever you want to go with it, but... He has just the career that he's been able to put together. Like I said, the accolades are just insane, you know, with me going through them. Uh, it's He's been a treat to watch over his entire career. We know it's winding down right now, but it will be fantastic to see him hit 500. And right. I hope he has the opportunity to try to chase down 3,000 hits as well. Oh, that'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool. 500, right? So cool. 500. Man. And we might not see 500 home runs for a while. 
Yeah, I was just going to say. The next closest is Nelson Cruz. I believe he's at 440-ish right now. But he's also 40-plus. Yeah, exactly. He's also 40-plus years old. I mean, he's Nelson Cruz. The guy keeps on hitting. But how much time does he actually have left in him? And then I believe you get into the 300s. Uh, for for possible guys, and I'm totally blanking right now, and I'm embarrassed that I can't think of it. I believe Trout is one of the guys with over 300. He's already at 300. Oh I gosh. think so. What about Yadier Merlina? Is he anywhere close? No, I don't think so. Uh, he's just been around forever. <laughs> just been around for yeah, yeah. Trout's at 310 right now. Wow. Uh, I, Bryce Harper's a name you think of. He just hit his 250th, so he's only wow. halfway there. Wow. So Imagine just, that, right? Bryce Harper, one of the best bats in the game, and he just is Miggy's halfway point. Wow. And that's what I'm trying to say, where it, when he does hit this 500th home run, it's a very special moment yeah. for baseball. So I hope people enjoy make it. a huge deal out of it. I yeah. hope so, too. He was the last one to do the Triple Crown, right? Yes, and he was the first one to do 13. so in, I can't even remember how many years. Yeah. It was a very Crazy. long time. Love that. Since Mantle. Love that. Love ending mm-hmm. on that. Cool. Yeah, so we'll go with a positive note, right? Always. 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 <laughs> but all right, that'll do it for us then. It feels so, so good to be back and recording. We hope everyone enjoyed our little catch up here with, with where baseball is and, and where we're moving forward. So be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. Leave a rating as well as it really helps us out. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Did You Hear Pod and Emma. That's a wrap.